0: Praise God. Thank you for your faithfulness during this crisis. I cannot even begin to describe to you how challenging it is to do what we have to do on a daily or weekly basis of singing and preaching to an empty auditorium. That's not the way church should be. But these uh, praise singers and musicians have done such an unbelievable job Creating an atmosphere and setting the stage for the Word of the Lord. And we're going to go to that Word today. And if you will, we do this at church. Let's stand. They're standing here, those that are with me. And so in your homes, would you do the same in honor of the Word of God and turn with me to the book of Romans chapter 8. We began a series last weekend called The Resurrection the game changer and I want to continue in that vein of thought this morning and this verse has been in my spirit all week long, morning and evening and it has been very challenging for me to try to wrap my mind around what I feel like the Lord would like to say to us today. Romans chapter 8 verse number 1, there is therefore now. No condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. I want to underline those first few words. There is therefore now no condemnation. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. You know, for a large number of people there is a time prior to easter that is spent in spiritual reflection it is known as the season of lent many churches celebrate that season it's the 40 days prior to the cross and the resurrection during that season of the year they are called to give up something to prepare themselves spiritually For Christ's crucifixion and resurrection. The problem is that once Easter is over, everybody pretty much goes back to their old way of living. Whatever they gave up, they pick back up. Whatever they didn't do during that season, they begin doing again. And from Easter forward, there seems to be no semblance of what happened on that resurrection morning. And that's why I have felt so compelled to talk to you about post Easter celebration. As anybody that, that is knowledgeable of the word of God should know, there should be more joy <clears throat> after Easter than there was leading up to Easter. We should be more excited today about what he accomplished on that day Than what he had to go through or what brought us up to that day. And so we are going to celebrate post-Easter. The resurrection and what he accomplished. And what he provided for us in his resurrection. Because that was the real game changer of life. The resurrection was the most powerful divine event in the history of creation. And it ushered in a new age of spirit activity and his moving in a way he had never moved before. The day Jesus came out of the grave, nothing could be, nothing would be, nothing should ever be the same again. There should be something different about our lives because he lives today. It wouldn't be the same ever again because he conquered something on the cross and that was sin. And then he put to death death in the resurrection and he rose not just to vindicate himself but to vindicate you and I, to put us on the standing of of, 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 a resurrection power. Jesus resurrected not just for himself, but for you and I. He didn't just come to die and rise again. He came that we might live our lives fully impacted by the power of his resurrection. And as the risen Lord, he was and is victorious over death and hell. And he is enthroned upon the throne as Lord of all creation. That truth in itself should change our conversation. It ought to change the way we talk about life. It ought to change our expectation. It ought to, uh, it, to change our approach to life it ought to change our everyday living and as life brings to us its inevitable challenges we have the awesome privilege of living in the power of his resurrection we have the awesome privilege of enjoying that spirit living in us on a daily daily basis and i am so grateful for that today you see the resurrection just isn't a doctrine to believe, but it is a truth to transform. It changes the way we look at life, past, present, and future. It frees me from the guilt and shame of my past. He gives me purpose for my life in the present, and he imparts hope to me for the future. Think about that. Freedom from the past, purpose for the present, hope for the future. If there's not a reason to rejoice, I just gave you one right there. You ought to clap your hands and shout to him right now. Thank you, God, for what you've done for my life. And so it brings us to our text this morning. And the truth is you cannot read chapter eight of Romans without reading chapter seven, because chapter seven and Actually, the previous three chapters were a prelude that brings us to the power of chapter eight. But if you go back in chapter seven, you will hear a conversation that Paul has with himself. And it is not it is not a, a, a very enjoyable conversation because he is understanding. The, the human situation and he is describing the human experience and it's unwinnable war and struggle. When you read it, you hear the contradiction and you hear the conflict of his struggle. And I, I would just like to read it to you from uh, a couple of, or, or one translation, if you would give me permission to do that. But in in, in this latter portion verse 15 he said i am convinced let me go back to chapter 7 of 20, verse 15 he said i i am a mystery to myself for i want to do what is right but i end up doing what my moral instincts condemn and in my behavior it's not in line with my desire my conscience still confirms the excellence of the law he goes on to say for i know that nothing good lives within the flesh of my fallen humanity the longings to do what is right are within me but the willpower is not enough to accomplish it so if my behavior contradicts my desires to do good i must conclude that it's not my true identity doing it what is it he said I'm in a war and I can't comprehend all that's happening in my life. And I believe today that the Lord would like to speak to us in this place. And he would like to help us understand that he came to solve the conflict and the contradiction in my life. Though there is a deep desire inside to please God, yet what happens is often the reverse of that. The war that wages there brings me into captivity, my humanity. There's an agonizing cry. He knew what was right, and he wanted to do it, and yet somehow he could never get free to do it. He knew what was wrong, and the last thing he wanted to do was wrong, and yet inevitably that's what he wound up doing. He was haunted by frustrations in his inability to do what was good, and even he saw it, but he couldn't do it. Oh, the struggle, and he gets deeper into this war. No matter how hard he tried, I can't escape the trap. It is a war that I cannot win, and he comes to this final exasperated cry, and he said, oh, wretched man that I am. The word wretched comes from a Greek word which means to be exhausted completely from a battle. What a miserable condition to be in. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And when Paul said that, he was using a word picture that the Romans and the Greeks would understand. We don't seem to comprehend it, but let me tell you what he was talking about. It was part of the Roman culture and the Greek culture that if someone was convicted of a crime, depending on the severity of that crime, they would take a dead body a dead body, and they would tie it on the back of a man so that its dead arms raped over the front of him. Brother Landon, come up here just a moment. Help me out. Going to give me a visual. He's going to be the dead man. Now, I know you're not supposed to do this live, but we're going to do it. I, and this is, the, this is what I've got to carry with me all day long, and it's dead. You know what dead things smell like, don't you? I'm going to let you go because that's about as far as I can carry But he had to carry this weight on him. Everywhere he went, all through town, everybody that saw him knew what he had done and he couldn't get away from it. Everybody stayed away from him because the stench was too great. Nobody wanted to be around a dead carcass and he would have to journey through the city streets finding no place of rest because he couldn't get rid of this dead body. And Paul said, that's what I feel like I have been trapped by. My old sinful nature, this old man that I was, was draped over me and I tried to shake him off but I couldn't get him off. I tried to free myself from him but I I couldn't get free from him. And he said, "I, I tried every way to kill the stench and you can't add enough perfume and cologne to make it smell better. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from this burden? Who can take this load, this unbearable load off of me? And then he concludes by saying, I thank God through Christ. Here here is the answer. The answer was before us. The way to have it removed from my life is through the power of the resurrected Lord. Who has the power to rescue the miserable man, and get the monkey off of my back. Only Jesus can do that. Only the resurrection power of a living Lord can free me from that burden of my sin. Praise God. No wonder I feel good today because I've had that burden lifted off of me. And the only reason you have that burden lifted off of you is because he came out of a grave. Because he conquered death. He put sin down. He said, you're not going to dominate. You're not going to rule man. You're not going to overcome. I'm going to put something in man that will allow him to shake you off. Praise God. Anybody need to get the monkey off your back today? You need to enjoy and you need to bask in the power of a resurrected Lord. Amen. We may know what the problem is, but sometimes we don't know how to fix it. Well, I'm going to tell you how to fix it today. Get Jesus in your heart. Let him come into your heart. Let him come into your life. That resurrection power will cut loose. That stinking thing that's been hanging on your life, covering you up, making your life miserable, causing you to cry out in agony and pain. Oh God, thank you that you have delivered me. And that leads us to chapter 8 where he now says, there is therefore now no condemnation. I don't have to go through the streets carrying this burden any longer i'm free i can walk with my head up i can talk with my head up i can sing because he has set me free and delivered me amen no judgment against me no judgment the word condemnation is a word out of the legal realm it means that there was some cause to bring you to court But somebody has stepped in and paid your fine and paid the fee that took care of your problem. And now there is stamped on that indictment, no judgment against him, no judgment against her. No judgment against him. No judgment against her. Because he came out of that grave. The reason we ought to celebrate today is because he has lifted a burden from off of our life that we couldn't get off. And nobody else could get it off for us. Only he could deliver us. He has conquered what we could not conquer. And now he shares his victory with me and he does that he said there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in christ jesus there's a little caveat there you see the secret to living that overcoming life is he has to be in you you have got to know something about the power of the resurrection amen the case is closed because now the one the righteous one lives within me The the accuser of the brethren has been silenced because he has paid the price and there is now no judgment against me. Praise God. Anybody ever gotten a ticket before? Had to go to court? I'm not going to ask these people here to be honest. I'm going to ask you to be honest. Have you ever gotten one? Uh, There's something about going into a courthouse and knowing that there is a charge against you. People look at you and you just kind of duck because you know you're guilty. I mean, you you were doing 75 in a 25. I mean, you, you may have tried to explain it away, but the fact was your foot was heavier than you thought it was. You did run that stop sign. You did whatever. And here you are in the court of law. And there's a judge sitting back there behind the bar and his word rules the day. And he has the power, a stamp, guilty, not guilty. Guilty is charged, not guilty. And then comes your call. Mark Hughes, you step up there trembling and you know, you know that You're guilty. You know that you deserve what's coming to you. And yet when he looks up at you, he smiles. Case dismissed. Case dismissed. What happened? Somebody paid the fine. Somebody took care of it for you. Somebody interceded in your behalf. Somebody stepped in with the authority to nullify what was coming and said, oh no. No, you're not going to trap him. You're not going to condemn him because that's my child. My spirit is in him. My holy power resides in him. And he is not guilty. Amen. Amen. So what does it mean to be in Christ? Well, it means to obey the gospel. And Paul said the gospel was a death, burial, resurrection. That means repentance. You're going to have to repent. If you haven't done that or you're not doing that, you, you, you're missing out on a great opportunity. Repent, be baptized, all of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. If you want to know how... To get that monkey off your back, you might ought to start on your knees right now and say, God, please forgive me. I'm I've done wrong. I need and, and, and then find somebody that can baptize you in the name of Jesus and expect when you come out of that water to begin speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance because that, my friend, is how you get in Christ. That's how He gets in you more importantly. Amen. Praise God. Because He suffered the condemnation of the cross, sin no longer can control my life. Amen. Because we live in the power of the Holy Ghost, He enables us to live and walk freely. I don't have to go around with my head ducked. I don't have to go around feeling condemned because there is therefore now, right now, today somebody needs to say that word say it over your family your home now this present moment he has cut the cord he has severed the past and oh no you're not going any further I'm going to take care of you today amen aren't you thankful for somebody that has the power to take care of your past and cover it in his sea of forgetfulness you see the resurrection gives me a new identity I am a new man. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. I have been born again not of flesh but of the spirit. And that new birth, that resurrection power is more than just a resuscitation. You know if you resuscitate somebody, that means they were alive and you you, you that, that that they didn't all they, they didn't go all the way to dead, but they were close. And You brought them back. But he didn't just resuscitate me. He brought new life into me. A new kind of life. A new way of, a new level of living. The resurrection is more than a resuscitation or a coming back to life. It is new life. Kind that you've never experienced before. Some people would just like to turn a new leaf. How about turning into a new life? Amen. That's what resurrection is all about. That's the game-changing power of his resurrection. That he is able to take care of what I could not take care of. And he takes off of my back the burden that I had carried so long. Amen. Aren't you thankful for, for sins that have been forgiven? Anybody remember that night when you repented and you said, oh, God, forgive me. It was like somebody just poured a bucket of water over my dirty spirit and he just washed all of that filth out of me. And I felt so clean. I rejoiced. Oh, he said, I'm not through yet. I've just got you ready for the good. And now I'm going to put my spirit in you. Hallelujah. Come on, brother Clytie, help me shut this thing down today. Amen. It's resurrection time. I am living proof. I said I am living proof. I am living proof that the resurrection was not just some fluke of days gone by, but it is the reality and the power of the present moment. I am thanking God right now. Hallelujah. I am living proof. We're going to close out this service with that song. I think you ought to get on your feet in your home right now. And I think you ought to sing it with us one more time. I am living proof. I am living proof. I am living proof. The resurrection. The resurrection is not a myth but a reality. Come on and sing right now. Hallelujah.